Okay, I think we should preface this podcast with that we filmed an intro and last minute decided not to use it um, <laughs> for reasons you'll hear about in the future. So it's currently Monday night. The podcast goes live in about four hours Ooh. and we are filming an intro. <laughs> so a little last minute, but it's okay. It's all right. This yeah. is uh, being an artist is fucking killing me. It's fucking killing me, <laughs> apparently. Um, Just trying to do it all. Yeah. Um, today we want to talk about, before we start, um, artists supporting artists. So whether that means going to colleagues and friends shows, whether that means supporting their GoFundMe or crowdsourcing or all that kind of stuff, um, how important that is in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and how you'll get as much out of it as you put in. Right. Yeah. Like if you constantly ask and ask and ask for people to show up at your workshops or your shows or your fundraisers, but yet you, and to do you favors, but you yet, you don't really do them any. Right. You won't even like show up to their stuff. It's kind of frustrating and it just kind of feels like you're only part of a community within your like small little within your own community yeah within like your own clique yeah which is whatever yeah everybody can have their own group of friends and everybody can you know work with whoever they want to work with but you have to think about like pushing it forward right which is what we me and you kind of talk about a lot which is you know opening the spectrum and working with other artists and working with as many artists from different facets as we can because it's how we learn, really. Right. And uh, today we're sitting down with Danny Nash, and you'll hear her talk a little bit about um, how she became successful in her industry. And that goes back to artist supporting artists. She'll talk about how just showing up at gigs mm-hmm. and showing up people that she was there and that she wanted to be there makes you relevant. Yeah. Showing up at each other's events or companies that you wanted to work for a dancer you wanted to work for or a musician you wanted to play for any any type of their events and um showing them that you're interested will like make you relevant yeah just and always put you in the eye yeah just keep showing up yeah um on that note today <laughs> we're here with danny nash wonderful woman wonderful musician she currently plays with july talk lao sarah cripps faye dobson Ensign Broderick, The Merceries, The Skyliners, Samantha Martin, and Delta Sugar. Cool. Yeah, we're excited. So excited to talk with Danny. Here we go. Both of us met Danny when my partner Andre was helping her shoot her music video, and they needed some extra bodies, and we just showed up and there was booze in an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and she just like gave us gin. That's it right. Was, <laughs> it was very, very amazing. It was um, great. Yeah. Um, we're super excited to have you. Thanks for having me. Danny Nash, professional, feisty, and full of confidence. Oh, which like was that. Uh, <laughs> We actually read that online. That was a review of one of your... Really? Yeah. Huh. And we thought that was like, that emulated you so well. Really? What, yeah. What do you think about that? I like that. There must be a lot of, uh, you know, I never like Google my name, but I mean, sometimes I do. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. But there's probably a lot of different reviews and things I haven't read things you've missed yeah 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 I like that one though that's a good one eh? Mm -hmm. you think you that describes you pretty well I think so yeah you're pretty full of confidence yeah (laughs) yeah I don't want to be too confident oh no 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 yeah but yeah sweet a little bit feisty Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so you're grew up in northern Ontario Mm -hmm. well Yes. yes I was born in Ajax okay um but my I had a family cottage in northern Ontario and we spent I spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. So that's where I say that I grew up because I feel like, you know, I came of age. Came of age up there. Yeah. Tell us about your music background. Um, well, my family is very musical. My mom is in a band. She's been in a band my whole life. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, so I sort of was exposed to, like, live music and singing and performing. And my uncle's a op- trained opera singer. Wow. Oh. My other aunt is a multi-instrumentalist she plays guitar and saxophone and wow. harmonica and stuff like that is she the saxophone that's in uh the song no Night Money? no <laughs> but no i missed an opportunity there i totally, <laughs> I totally should have hired Sorry, her and. yeah and i wouldn't even have to pay her probably 
I started like going to my mom's shows and I'd help the drummer pack up the drums and I got so like excited about drums for some reason I was like 15 um and then I sort of just bought a set of drums from my cousin and started a band when I was like 15 with my best friend what was the name of the band <laughs> Jail Bait. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And I, I thought it was that. so cool. I was like, it's like the Runaways. So badass. My mom was like, <laughs> yeah. Mom knows. She yeah. was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And so I played drums and she sang, and then we had these two friends of ours play guitar and bass. And yeah, that was my first band. That's cool. Yeah. So you always like played the, or you didn't, you didn't play the drums until you were fifteen. Mm-hmm. You always were like singing. Yeah, or... like musical theater. Yeah, high school and elementary school, and um, and mostly just like at home too. Just you know, me Did and my mom at the piano. Or... Just yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, playing and singing. That's awesome. Yeah, because you, if you look back at some of your old songs, um, there's definitely like a different sound. We, yeah. it's like more of a country mm-hmm. twangy. Mm-hmm. Um, soulful sound whereas it was really different compared to what I'd heard in like Night Money and Anatomy Mm -hmm. so did that happen how did that growth happen was it just growing up was it being in the city of Toronto um it was a little bit of growing up because I grew up you know in the country but um it was a lot of of being in Toronto because at the time when I sort of came here and I started playing music I was an OCAD student okay and my last year of OCAD I just like completely immersed myself in the Toronto music scene and I started you know gigging more than I was doing homework and you know (laughs) um so I I kind of was like at the time the alternative country scene was pretty big like okay everyone was listening to Wilco and and um you know there was a lot of local bands that were sort of doing the country thing so then I just kind of fell into it and I started drumming for some country bands and singing. And, um, yeah, but now it's just not really, it's not, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like ha- how I want to like represent myself. Mm-hmm. It's not really like, I'm more of a like New York glam rock pop type mm-hmm. of person. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. But it just kind of, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you, it's my yeah. first record. I just kind of fell into it. And then once I started playing more and like, you know, eight years later, I'm like, that's actually not really what I want to do. No. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, would you say this record is more you, who you are right now? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Was there like a moment in time where you realized that that wasn't who you are or what you wanted to do? Or was it like a very gradual progression? Um, it was gradual. Okay. Yeah. I think by the time I finished the record and was playing shows with those, with that music, mm-hmm. I realized that I just was like, eh, you know, Interesting. Like, yeah, I got pretty bored of it pretty quick. And by that time, I was also, like, really into Bowie. and So, like, I just was like, I don't even want to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to play opera music, like, pop, rock opera. <laughs> rock opera. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Popra. How, uh, how did you deal with that then? The, like, I'm bored of this, but I'm touring with it, or but I'm playing it all the time. Yeah. That's kind of a struggle. Yeah. I think my thing is I've... I've always played music for other people, and I think that's helped me um, deal with my own music and like be able to go back to it and play it. Because okay. you know, on a Tuesday night, I'll play you know like indie rock drums for like this great band, and then on Wednesday, I'll play my own country music, and it makes it it made it like interesting. It kept it interesting for me, mm-hmm. and probably I, like- I feel like if I had only played my own music, even now, like. I'd get bored. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could you do a bit of a genre switch, do you think? Do I? Would you, yeah, would you do a genre switch? Yeah. This album, what would you classify this album stylistically? Um, Just Danny Nash style? Yeah, that's a hard one. Probably pop rock. Yeah. 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 Is there, what other genre would you do after this if you are looking into the future? Um... I feel like I'm I'm almost there. I feel like I'm almost at the point where I've found it. Yeah. But I'm like I'm so, you know, it's it's hard to like stop, to be like oh, I figured it out. Now I'm gonna do only this. Yeah. It's kind of just like it's like anything. I think being an artist, you just yeah go growing. from 
And I don't think you subject would ever subject. want to like get to that point where you're like, oh, I figured it out. No, I no. don't. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't really want to. No. I think I just keep exploring a sound, and I f- I feel like I'm happy about what I've discovered. How'd you meet Paul? Paul Fister. Yeah. How'd you meet um, Paul? And like continue to work with him. I was working at the Dakota Tavern, mm-hmm. and he was playing bass in the Beauties. Um. And we just kind of connected, and and then I started touring with Brendan Canning from Broken Social Scene mm-hmm. as his like backup singer. Yeah, and is that Paul how you was, met Lisa? Yeah, nice, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Lisa, love singer. Yeah, and Paul was at one of his shows, and he just moved to Orangeville and set up a studio, and he was like, "I need someone to come and record tunes and like nice you know, start engineering for people." So I was his guinea pig for that. Um, his home studio is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. We were so lucky enough that he did the sound design on our latest film. Oh, and yeah. We, yeah, we made that, like, when meeting Andre, and then he introduced us to Paul, and then Paul saw the film and was like, yeah, I'll totally work on this. Mm-hmm. And that home studio that he has is amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's so really, nice. It's so cozy. Yeah. It was so fun. We would be recording sounds from, I don't know if you've seen the film, but there's, like, a sand part in it, and we're trying to record sound. <laughs> Fully There's works. no sound, so we're using kitty litter for all the sound. <laughs> so it's like we're in this like beautiful studio, and there's like a pile of kitty litter, and I'm just like moving <laughs> oh around. Like, was it fresh? It. I mean, the cats were coming for me. <laughs> I did knock them out of the way a couple times. Yeah, that was so lovely of them. Funny. Um, would you yeah. say the Dakota has a lot to do, or the Dakota is a big part of how you networked in the music industry because mm-hmm. it's such a hub for. I mean, bands, musicians, everyone. That's oh, in yeah. Industry. I think if I if I hadn't have started working there, like straight when I graduated from university, uh, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have the connections that I do have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of just jumped right in, and I was exposed to so much music and so many people, and you know, like actually, just for example, when I. On my way here, I stopped at a coffee shop, and this guy's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, hey. He's like, I've seen you play. You work at the Dakota. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, happens yeah. so much. Fan sightings already. Well. There you go, girl. I think I just, I've just, I met a lot of people, and, and yeah, you know, they know who I am because they, they come down to the Dakota, and they see me. And, mm-hmm. So it's definitely made me. My connections, like, it's made my connections, like, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty great. Do you have any networking advice for, like, aspiring musicians or aspiring... I'd say just show up. Just keep showing up. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, if you, if you can't find a drum gig and you're like, man, I really wish that I, you know, could... A band would hire me. Just go to their shows. Just go. You know? Because you can't sit at home and be, like, researching who you're going to play with. Yeah. Because... You know, you're looking at them or they're not looking at you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the show and you keep showing up, like, hey, yeah, you're that, you're that player who wants to play with us, you know? Yeah. That's Just keep best advice. making Just yourself relevant. Yeah. 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 Have you found, like, there's any difficulties networking, maybe when you were younger or um, just coming out of school, being a woman? Oh, major. Yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, I think for starters, being a woman is like, you have to be like, not only am I a drummer, but I'm, you know, yeah, just as good as this guy. I hit just as hard, you know, mm-hmm. don't set up my drum kit for me because I know how to do it. You know, like there's so many festivals I've been to where the sound men are trying to help me set up my gear. And you're like, no, I'm yeah. a musician. I no, know I'm, I'm the drummer. Like, I'm, I can do this. this is, <laughs> like, I'm not helping him set up his, you know, PA or whatever. Yeah. So that's definitely, it's constantly a, a hurdle. You know, going to um, a music store and renting gear and trying to explain what I need. And the person working there is just, are you sure? You know, it's, Talking over you. It, it's constant, yeah. Mm. But... You know, it makes me uh, it makes me feel like I have so much to prove, right? Which I think motivates me. Mm-hmm. You know, having that constant like, oh yeah, yeah, my, like person in the back of my head. 
Yeah, I mean, that's probably just the feistiness coming in, right? Sure. As soon as someone says you can't <laughs> do anything, you're like, going back to that. Oh, really? I can't do something? That's where that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Let me show you how good I can do that. Right. Yeah. But those are the hurdles that I'm sure we all, you know, in all of yeah. our careers face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are there days where you're just, like, tired of that and you don't deal or? Yeah. There's moments where I'm, like, you know frustrated but at the same time I think being a woman also as a drummer also makes me a little bit of a commodity mm-hmm. yeah totally because I think a lot of people like wow you know there's a girl on the drums you can That's look at it me. as as like I'm just a person mm-hmm. playing the drums mm-hmm. um or you're right I'm a woman on the drums aren't I cool yeah you know and it's just because there's fewer women drummers. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is like similar to us in the sense of there's fewer male dancers. Right? Yes. So male dancers are a lot more of a hot commodity. Exactly. Hot, like, a commodity yeah. mm-hmm. than, say, female yeah. drummers. So you are given some opportunities. Exactly. Which are beneficial to you. Exactly. Yeah. It's not all, it's not always like, you know, I'm not always having a hard time. No. With it. But, sure. I mean, you're doing great. You just finished a tour. Who are you with? Um, I toured with Samantha Martin and Delta Sugar. Oh, cool. They're a fun uh, R&B soul band. Ooh, cool. Yeah, I've been playing with them for a few years. You're part of so many bands. Can you list all of them? I'm gonna, I'll try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to make a list in my notes, and I was like, it's too much. It's, I don't even, like, sometimes I surprise myself, too. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Uh, so Samantha Martin and Delta Sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, July Talk I play with sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um... Brendan Canning I've been singing with. Uh, Lowell. I don't know if you guys know Lowell. Mm-hmm. She's the arts and crafts cool. artist. Playing with her. Um, the Mercenaries, which is a really fun, also soul band. They play at the Dakota. Nice. We have an 80s band that I front <laughs> and sing 80s ballads. That's amazing. And rock songs with them, yeah. Um Oh boy, it's tough because I also do session work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I wouldn't consider me playing with that band, but I play on their record. Right. But they may use someone else for live shows. So. Right. Um, I saw on your website that you had played with Rye. Is, oh, is that when he was here in Toronto last? That's right. Um, or... No, actually, Rye. I haven't played with him live. He produced uh, Night Money. Okay. One of my songs. Oh, oh sweet. Yeah. Nice. So that's how we're connected. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um. That's all I can think of right now, but there's definitely more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know. um, when it comes to Night Money and Anatomy, in terms of songwriting, like ins- what, you, what do you draw inspiration from and how does that process, explain that process to us a little bit about how you write songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I actually start with the drums. I think because that's what I, if I have an idea for something, then it's like the, the rhythm and the beat is what I start with because it makes most sense to me that's mm-hmm. where my brain wants to go mm-hmm. um i play guitar but i'm not too you know i'm not that great at it i just kind of know basic chords um so i yeah and then i start with guitar um kind of create some sounds and uh lyrics are important to me i think mm-hmm. so you know i go into garage band or logic whatever program and i i start the beat and then I just kind of build from there. Mm-hmm. When I'm recording, I also play every instrument mostly, except for, you know, strings and saxophone. And yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> I'm not that you know. When we saw you that well versed live at the Dakota right after the music video, um, oh, yeah. the saxophone like was so good. Yeah, <laughs> he was amazing. It, amazing. it blew my mind. I was like, wow. Andrew Mulgin. Yeah. He's shout amazing. out. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. So I think like when I'm, rec- I, I, when I'm writing, I think about recording. Process. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause when I'm recording, I start with drums, then bass then guitar. Right. I just build. Right. So, but you're a pretty good lyricist. Like you've created some pretty Thank interesting you. hooks and like some chorus and medley. Yeah. Um, when you're writing those words down, is it like, it's all stemmed from experiences? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Mostly. Um, it's funny you say that because to me, like, I don't really think about 
what lyrics mean. I just think of what sounds good, like mm. words that like night money. Sure. Kind of sounds good. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then when I come back around to it, I realize what it means. I'm like, oh, that's why I said that. Mm-hmm. To me, it means you know working at night at a bar, doing a gig, just making night money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone thought it was about a hooker. Oh wow. A friend of mine. I was like, no, well, it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you, for me, that's like one of the most amazing things about art in general is that there's so many different like interpretations of the same thing mm-hmm. and everybody has different reactions and all that kind of stuff. Is that mm-hmm. something that you look for in your art as well? Or do you try to like have a specific message or like angle when you write something? Um, do you want people to recognize what you're saying? Maybe that's a way to put it. Okay. Um, I don't think I don't need to. Okay. Yeah. I think that I'm not like if so, I'm not offended if someone thinks that something is something that it that it that I didn't intend it to be. Okay. Because uh, you know, it's just art. It's open to interpretation for me. I don't really. It's not my angle. You know. Yeah. I'm more interested in feeling and sound that I am in uh, storytelling. Cool. Uh-huh. What's been one of the biggest struggles in the past, I mean, let's say five years, has it been trying to find that sound that we were talking about? Has it been trying to network your way into gigs? Has it been just like staying true to who you are? Has it been anything that really stands out? Um, honestly, I think just having that as like being a woman and as a gay woman too, having that extra hurdle to have to fight through. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot of times when I'll be hired, well, not a lot of times, but a number of times, where I've been hired to, you know, be a part of a band, and then someone realizes that, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not interested in them. And then it becomes... Oh, wow. Yeah. Sometimes that's... Are you saying that about men? Or yeah. Say, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Has it put you in like a lot of really uncomfortable situations that you've had to pull yourself out of? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm. I've had opportunities sort of dropped. Wow. For that reason, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's very, very rare, but it has happened. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, those kinds of things I have to, that's like an added, you know, an added layer. That yeah. I've got to and jump when, over. when you say drop, that's something that like they would drop you from. Or just them, like or lose, interest, yourself. lose interest in, in, in your talent. Having, yeah. 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 Which is so unfortunate because you're so talented. Hmm. And for someone to look at that picture yeah. instead and of. To, to reduce you down to your sexuality, to your mm-hmm. preferences, is, mm-hmm. and not just look at you as what you have to offer as a musician mm-hmm. or like career wise. Yeah. Yeah. It's so no, annoying. It's, it's totally. Bullshit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Calling bullshit. <laughs> Calling bullshit <laughs> on that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, been the biggest. I think so. Yeah. But over, I mean, I've, I've had so many opportunities. It's been so lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't make it less easy. Mm-hmm. No. Do you think you're on like a good um, trajectory right now? You feel like you're, everything's kind of yeah. moving along at a steady pace? I think pace? in this last year, everything has really, I went from like, this level to like professional, you know, like having to look at my calendar and like try to fit things in. Like that's a good feeling. Right. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being able to not work at the bar as much. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Side gigs. Side gigs. Side gigs. It's almost <laughs> like, gigs. you know, music used to be my side gig, but now it's flipped. And now bartending is my side gig. Music is my. Yeah. That's the transition you want to see as an artist. Is totally. When you start working so long that it becomes more what you're passionate about and less what's just paying those damn bills. Exactly. <laughs> and there's been, uh, there's been months where I've been like, oh, I shouldn't have quit that job because this is a tough month, you know, there's no yeah. gigs and, mm-hmm. but it all, it all works out. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard to keep on that track and be like, no, 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 no. Like, you know. yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't just get a job because you're feeling financially tight. Yeah. No. Put your head down and like work on your art because now you have time. Exactly. Yeah. Go to a show and be like, can you hire me? You know, or yeah. (laughs) Or like, go. (laughs) Put your hand up in the audience. Hire me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't beg, but like, you know, 
just like keep showing up like i said yeah keep showing up mm-hmm. how do you define success for yourself danny mm, for my music or for in in your life in my life i want to say money but you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't we all <laughs> um, uh i think just being being the first person that someone thinks of when when they think of something like when they think of hiring somebody they think oh Danny Nash that's who I should call like that's success to me because people are talking about you you know and it, it is it's I think it's happening so your mom was a musician mm-hmm. and do you draw a lot of inspiration from her band for sure and just like watching her um, for was sure. She a, so she a vocalist? Or yeah, a singer. Yeah. singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, to me, it, it, it's funny because it never, it seems so normal. It never, it never felt like, wow, like, look at her. I was just like, that's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never, because we used to hang out in the afternoons and like sing together and she taught me how to sing harmony. And oh. It was just normal. So it never felt, and I wasn't, I wasn't awe. Like awe inspired about it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gigged together? Um, yeah, yeah, we yeah yeah we we played actually at the Dakota a few years ago. We did a show together, and it was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of music did you guys play? We did like seventies rock, fun. Fleetwood yeah. Mac, and yeah. that kind of <laughs> oh, yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, that's yeah. so awesome. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? What's your uh, what band or musician inspires you the most? Do you find? Is it someone like Fleetwood Mac or Bowie? Because we see a lot of Bowie references when we look at you and we yeah. look at your music. Yeah, Bowie for sure. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Number, number one. one. Number one. Always. <laughs> number one for me. Um, who else? Chrissy Hine. I love Chrissy Hines mm-hmm. from The Pretenders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's got a great voice. Um, the first concert I ever went to was Madonna. Which How is old were you? First yeah. Concert. I was 16. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here in Toronto? Yeah. Actually, I was younger than that. I might have been 14 or 15. It was before your first band. Yeah, and no one, and no, yeah. Before right. Jailbait. Right before. Before Jailbait. <laughs> right before I broke out on my own. But I remember nobody in my high school wanted to go. I was like, come on, somebody come with me. And they were like, Madonna? No. I mean, she's an icon. Why wouldn't she go to Madonna? So I went by myself. You went by yourself. I went by myself. Your yeah. parents said that was okay? Or did you not tell them? My dad gave you. me his, like, flip sa- flip phone Samsung. Large? The first phone that ever existed. Yeah. Cell phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had to call him every, like, half an hour. Yeah. But I actually, um, I had really bad seats. Because I paid, like, 50 bucks. Sure. And he knew this security guy. Because someone he works with, their husband does security for the ACC. Mm-hmm. And he came up and grabbed me from the top and dragged me down and put me on the floor. And I was like, <sighs> front row. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so you'd be calling your dad like, yeah, dad, I'm fine. Yeah. And Madonna's like, Vogue. Exactly. <laughs> Vogue. He's like, what? <laughs> it's fine. How <laughs> day. This <laughs> <laughs> little Danny Nash just strutting totally. in the floor seat. I had the best time. It was so much fun. I really love the 70s and the 80s, mm-hmm. especially late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. So, um, In terms of scene, do you think Toronto's a great scene for music? Do you think there's someplace in Canada that's really vibing right now? Um, oh, yeah. I think Toronto's great. I think in the past 10 years, it, it's become really, really cool. There's great bands. Like, you know, Weaves is a great band from Toronto, yeah. always. Like, so many great bands that are doing, like, Bahamas, that are doing really well internationally and like quietly hanging out in Toronto but you know yeah people from LA think like oh my god where's this band from (laughs) yeah I think it's there's a lot of cool hip bands in Toronto yeah if you could move anywhere where would you move for music like for a career um I lived in Nashville for about four five months a few years ago um because I just was sick of Toronto and I needed to change it up Mm mm-hmm and uh, that's a really cool town, but it's also very... Very music-driven. Music-driven, but it's also very hard. Like, it's hard on you. I mean, like, musically, 
there's so, like over there's so many people there trying to do the same thing that you're doing yeah mm-hmm. so many writers um there's lots of money to be made but there's lots of it's like going being an actor and going to la it's like the competition is there yeah. yeah yeah um but i think uh i think honestly uh, i used to want to be somewhere else but now i think toronto is pretty cool yeah You've kind of created your group. And yeah, your, I kind of created a career for myself. And so it's hard to think of, you know, uprooting mm. and doing it some, anywhere else but here. I think it would be hard to probably pick up and start over mm-hmm. if you moved somewhere else, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's what I kind of did, you know. In I, Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't gone long, but when I came home, I had to kind of remind people that I was home. Right. Yeah. I'm around now. Yeah. Yeah. It took it took like almost a year to to get steady like for just being gone for four or five months. Yeah. 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 Mm. It's hard. If if you're not constantly like especially with social media, if you're not constantly showing people where you are and who you're with and you know, yeah. who you're playing with then, Yeah. Then people lose interest. People get distracted when it's not them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. someone else will do it. And then, and then you're out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel that, like, how do you deal with that, that pressure to constantly make something or constantly produce art or be working or do you find that exhausting? Do you find it liberating? Yeah. It's funny because I find I'm really hard on myself about that. Mm-hmm. And I always think like, oh, I'm not creating enough. Like, you know, I'm not feeling inspired and. But other people will be like, wow, you're really busy these days. And, and I'm like, wow, am I? You yeah. Because to me, like, if I'm not constantly, you know, doing something, then I'm, I feel like a loser. You know, it's oh, silly. That's, <laughs> I think that's like artist drive, though. Yeah. we've talked about this a lot, how, like, I mean, we both grew up in families where we like need to be pushed or we've been pushed. My dad's always said like, if you're not being a pr- productive member of society, then you're not being productive. <laughs> yeah. Our dads should hang out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, dad. very similar vibe at home for me. But it's interesting because we both come from families that are not musical or mm. arts based. Okay. No, I mean, my mom's so. a dance teacher, but not, not a, not to like a contemporary dancer or yeah. right. living in the city trying to perform. She owns a studio. Okay. Um, but, I mean, have you come across artists that aren't driven and just are kind of, like, sitting around waiting for gigs? Um, yeah. I, th- I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have, and it's hard, though, because I don't, you know, I have so many artist friends, but I don't really know what they do at home. So, like, maybe mm-hmm. they're at home writing music and, you know, playing on records, and I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. So, right. Mm-hmm. Has there been anyone who you thought, like, you were working so much? I mean, you always think you're working. I think you're working hard. Right. But you think you're working so hard, and then that person just has an opportunity to fall into their lap. Oh, yeah. And you're just like... <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're like... Oh, yeah. That is... Every artist has that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Totally. That is, like, the worst. You're just like, why does he or she get that gig right. when I've been doing this and doing that? But, I mean, you can't... If you live like that, you're never going to... No. no. Do anything. You have to, like, figure out how to deal with that jealousy mm-hmm. on your own. Oh, and yeah. And not project it onto other people. Because if you do that projecting, it's, it becomes very, like, uh, detrimental, I guess. Totally. Yeah. So you're your downward spiral. Yeah, it's a your self-worth. Yeah. Especially yeah. with uh, other women, because if we yes. don't pick each other up, mm-hmm. then being put down and, you know, what's the point of that? Yeah. yeah. I find with, like, if, if I have a, you know, an artist friend who who's doing really well I'm like go great get it yeah like get it get yours and maybe that means that I'll be the next in line you know this industry you need sisters you need people you to do. pick you up and 100% yeah support each other and create a community mm-hmm. suggest if you're not right for the position suggest someone that might be totally you know? yeah. I find this artistic community you really need people to support you Mm-hmm. Yeah, people you can trust and honest people who yeah. can like, tell it to you straight mm-hmm. especially when someone asks them for a reference and they, you know, mm-hmm. you want to be the person who they're saying, mm-hmm. go to her, you know? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I want to do that for other people. Yeah. I think it's just, if, if, if we're not doing that, then no one's going to get any 
jobs. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because, like, when I first left school, I expected it to be moving to Toronto to be competitive. And it is because there's a lot of people here doing the same thing. But also the tightness mm-hmm. of the community blew my mind. Yes. You know, I was like, oh, wow. You can really, like, make a space for yourself and you can really, like, find people yeah. and that are willing to help too. you and work. Yeah. And you make your niche. Yeah. And you find your mm-hmm. your audience. Yeah. Exactly. Which blew my mind. That is totally mm-hmm. true of Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, like, a solid group of girlfriends? You got um, all the girls that were there, the... Oh, yeah. That we shot the music video. Totally. They're all musicians totally. and vocalists and they're, they're all... They're all mm-hmm, performers and actresses and singers and dancers and <laughs> musicians. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I've got a great, great group of girls. You talked about how, so drums, would you, you would say drums is your forte. It's because you're so musically diverse. You mm-hmm. talked about writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you write your own songs. You do the guitar. You sing. Mm-hmm. But drums were, are your true passion, would you say? Or just creating music is your true passion? Um, ooh, that's a good question. I think creating music is my passion. Mm-hmm. Playing music, even. Those are very, like on a scale, they're... What's the word? Even. Very even. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say out of all the instruments, drums are, are my passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just what I, when I like, if I'm drumming for, for a, a, a writer and they're playing, I'm, I'm thinking about the melody and I'm playing for the song, mm-hmm. not necessarily for myself or for like the beat. Mm. Like if, if there's a song where there's like a, a tag in the song and I hear it, I'll play it because it's just like my intuition. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I think I, I think rhythmically, you know, when I write, I do the same thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think drums are um, for sure. Talking about intuition as an artist, how did you discover that, discover that intuition and learn to trust that intuition in yourself? Um, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't think I have a choice, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If I'm, like, doubting myself, then, like, no one else is going to trust me unless I do. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So if, if I play something and I'm, like, not feeling it, no one else is going to feel it. No one else is going to care. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have to force myself to be, like, this is the right decision. Um, this is the way I want to, you know, represent myself. Mm-hmm. And hopefully other people will catch on and dig it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really don't think that I have a, a choice in that. I just have, I have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has there been any moments where you've, I mean, this past year has been great, like you said, mm-hmm. um, but in the past, since leaving OCAD, mm-hmm. um, where you've thought like, I don't know if I could be a musician anymore, or you didn't think that you had enough talent, or you didn't think you had the grit For sure. or the energy to do For it anymore? sure. It, yeah. it, I mean, having a, a salary with benefits would be right. awesome. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> you know. My teeth need to get cleaned, and <laughs> I looked yeah. at my teeth the other day, and I was like, "They're looking like they're going crooked." Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> it's expensive, but I, I just, I actually don't think I can do anything else. No, I don't. I don't think that I'm not capable. I just don't think I can actually live with myself and in be a different happy. I'd be happy in a different capacity because I'd be sitting there going, you know, like, <laughs> like I don't drumming I at your desk. <laughs> I mean, I think if I were to do anything else, it would be an arts-based thing. Yeah. I've done a bit of acting. I've done some voiceover work. Yeah. You know. You've done a lot of visual art, too. Mm-hmm. You saw on your website. Talk about that. Yeah. Uh, well, I went to OCAD, so I was yeah. sort of... But my mom is also a visual artist. Oh. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so I kind of thought... Actually, I kind of thought that would be the path I'd take. But funny enough, you make, kind of make less money as an artist than you do as a musician. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're, like, really good and, you know, showing in in Italy. What was your your program at OCAD? I assumed music, but... 
Um, drawing and painting. Drawing and painting. My, okay. Was my major. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love. Sorry, no. Continue. Oh, I was gonna say like I love art, and I think that you know there's so much possibility within art, visual art. You know, teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do, like there's tons of things you could do. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's a huge umbrella term. Huge umbrella term. Yeah, but for me, I'm not interested in any of that. I'm. I think at the end of the day, I'm interested in like the the finished product of something. So okay. with music, that was more like tangible for me because mm-hmm. it's like I can play a show, and that's the art, and that's the show, mm-hmm. and people are paying me, so you know. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, a lot of your visual art is drawn from where you're from in Northern Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. It looked like that when we saw totally. the, the picture. It's all from family photos, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, would you say that part of your drive comes from living in a small town? Um, and like being kind of on the outside looking in? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to stay there. Mm-hmm. Like I never had... I remember just like having meltdowns, you know. It's like, why am I here? My mom's like, you're 14 years old. <laughs> and I would like, I, when I was a kid, I had a mural of New York on my wall that I painted because I was so obsessed with like the music there and the yeah. art and like. Had you ever been there? The lifestyle. Oh yeah, been yeah. there a bunch of times. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I, I never. Uh, I never was happy just being there. Mm-hmm. But I think I, f- I found, like, when I went to OCAD, I moved to Toronto, I found solace in that, in that, like, growing up down there mm-hmm. or over there. Mm-hmm. I found, like, some kind of warmth and, like, like connection for me. Mm-hmm. So I think the art made me feel, it, 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 I, I think it was a way for me to just move on, to be, like, this is where I came from, mm-hmm. but that's where I'm going. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's so nice to hear. <laughs> when you're from yeah. a small town, I feel like what, every time you go back, that's like my calming place. Yeah. Like the place I feel the most um, at, I won't say at peace, but the place I feel my most calm is mm-hmm. like back in my hometown in a small town where you can't hear, you know, sirens every 20 minutes or people on yeah. the subway. Yeah. Is that similar for you? Oh, yeah. Tomorrow, I'm actually going to Ajax. My dad just retired, and I have the day off, so I thought, oh, I'll go hang out with my dad. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, hey, do you want to go uh, take your grandpa shopping, and then we'll go for dinner? I'm like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do! <laughs> That's exactly what I want to do. Where are you going to go to dinner? Probably, like, at Kelsey's or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked. I knew it was going to be like... <laughs> An Applebee's or like a Kelsey's. Exactly. Yeah. But that to me is like so nice. I don't want to live that. No. Because right. it's, it's fun to go small, back to. Small doses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Small doses. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if I'm quite there yet with my hometown. No. Mm-hmm. I like being there. I feel very, very lucky. My mom just came out for our screening. Oh, yeah. Um, and she's been very supportive and she comes to Toronto like every chance she gets, which is amazing. But I can only be home in small doses. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why it doesn't feel. Yeah, I mean, at, it doesn't feel like home to me. Right. Like I come back to the city and I'm like, yeah, yes. I mean, this that is where I, I'm meant to be, and yeah. that I get that feeling too. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when I, I, th- I think I just mean like a sense of calm, like you're taken care of. Oh yeah. Ha- if that makes more mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to be there for more than no. forty-eight hours. No. <laughs> yeah. no. I'm there for like 12 hours and I'm like, Linda! Stop it! <laughs> you're bothering me! Linda. Oh, like, I'm mom. literally right back to being 14 and like slamming my door. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, let's, sorry. In terms of you talked about how you were a gay woman mm-hmm. and you grew up in Northern Ontario. Mm-hmm. Was that hard for you? Um, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I had some friends in high school. I had this one friend in high school who, um, you know, was sort of discovering his sexuality. Mm -hmm. And we used to go to Toronto on Friday nights and not tell any of our friends and go to the all ages um, 
club on Church Street and like dance all night. Which one was that? Um, five. Is it still there? I don't think so. Okay. I was like, I live on Church Street. I did not know there was an all-ages club there. Yeah, there was an all-ages night on Friday nights. Wow. And we would go, and we had, like, our own secret life that we used to kind of live. Wow. Super fun. So you came out, like, fairly young then? Um, actually, no, I, I didn't really. Um, I kind of uh, sort of, I don't want to say live secretly, but I, I wasn't, I didn't really know mm-hmm. until I went to college, and then I sort of was living on my own, and I, I, I felt like, I felt like I always knew, but I was just kind of, like, trying to let it happen organically rather than be like I'm gay and like because I didn't know you know yeah coming yeah. out party yeah <laughs> like, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to just yeah I, I wasn't and for some people that is a for sure thing and, and they need to to do that mm-hmm. yeah. to feel good to feel um you know Whole. like they know who they are mm-hmm. yeah but I don't think that I it's different for everybody different yeah it's different for me yeah mm-hmm. yeah but I think I was about 20 Three, actually, when I was just like, you know, I think I had known for a long time, but I was just, mm-hmm. yeah. So by then you were playing music. Mm-hmm. Did you, do you find it effect, not affected, but do you find it like came across in your art? Do you find like the music helped you transition into that mm, process? Or? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I wrote in that, you know, if, if I was writing like a love song or something. I wrote in the perspective of, of a woman speaking to a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you still maintain that in your lyrics. If you, I do. Yeah. I still do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't alter it for like commercial reasons no. or anything? No. No. Good. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. But that, that's funny that you asked that because I never think about that. No. Well, there was just a story on the news about a uh, vocalist talking about that, about how she talked because she writes a lot of music about you know, a love interest between her and another yeah. woman. And then she, it was kind of a disagreement with her and Taylor Swift or not a disagreement, but they wanted to change it and she didn't want to. Uh, I think, no, I think it was like t- Taylor Swift was like, um, they were trying to push her more towards that. And Taylor Swift came out and defended her, oh. but she came out in the news and talked about how, um, a lot of producers were trying to make her write music that, I mean, in their eyes yeah, seemed right. You know, Yeah. And, I, and that, that's, goes back to what we were talking about earlier with um having to pretend that you're something yeah just to yeah. get popularity or whatever yeah um yeah that's i think a, these days it shouldn't it should it shouldn't matter it shouldn't should never matter but no no i get that though some mm-hmm. artists have to it's never something you thought of though you always just thought of it no i literally never thought of that no which is funny yeah but if i was put in that position i would i don't know what i would do Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I would uh, stick to my perspective, but mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of people are, I think a lot of people are pushed mm-hmm. when it comes to yeah. you know, producers. Um, did you ever have a moment in your career where you didn't feel what you did was authentic to you because someone asked you to do something or you were put in a situation that after the fact you were like, I wish I hadn't done mm-hmm. that, or I wish I had said something. I wish I had been more outspoken. Um, I don't think anyone's put me in that position, um, but there's been times when I have not stood up for myself when I should have. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think anyone's intentionally, you know, been like try to put me down or mm-hmm. try to um, make me feel a certain way. But I think that if I I've never been the type to be like, hey, I don't like the way you're talking to me, you know. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just like quietly going off in the corner and getting really mad and like probably posting about it on Instagram or something. Yeah. <laughs> or Twitter or whatever. I'm just, yeah, I'm getting better at that for sure. I'm not the best at at being, standing up for myself, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny. I think that's just woman being a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's true. Just being passive and being told to be passive all the time and be the person mm-hmm. that makes everything better, make everybody happy. Totally. You know. Totally. Mm-hmm. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Man. Um, why or I guess should I ask I should ask you first, is being an artist fucking killing you sometimes? <laughs> oh yeah, I was waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's killing my bank account. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um why is it fucking killing me? Um 
it's uh it's mostly just doubting self-doubt mm-hmm. that's killing me mm-hmm. for sure I don't have a lot of self-doubt because I'm like I don't really know what else I do and I don't have a choice so I'm like, right I have to just like mm-hmm. keep going and thankfully I have a lot of people around me who are like supportive mm-hmm. um but you know there are times when it's just like I can't even like go out because I'm just like I can't deal with you know anybody like live music like if I if I sometimes I have a hard time going out to see live shows because I'm jealous it's not me like why aren't I on stage yeah, yeah. I get that a lot you get that a lot mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah with dance shows sometimes I just yeah I've you been you go to shows and you're like I could do that yeah yeah, yeah. you could probably do it better yeah, <laughs> yeah. you think that you can you think you can do yeah yeah um yeah. yeah so I think that that's the hardest thing it's just it's killing me to be constantly like patting myself on the back and mm-hmm. like pushing myself you know because you know mm-hmm. I have people who do that for me but at the end of the day it doesn't really matter who no it's got, got to be from you so yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's great yeah Dan. amazing thank you so much yeah You're it's welcome. been so nice having you it's been great do you want to plug anything do you have any yeah. gigs coming up oh I have yes um April 20 I have two fun gigs April 27th at the Dakota I'm doing a show, an 80s show, with my band, The Mercenaries. Nice. And it's going to be, there's lasers, and it's <laughs> really fun. And then the next day, on the 28th, I'm opening uh, for Samantha Martin and Delta Sugar at the Horseshoe Tavern. Cool. I'm doing a set, and then I'm playing drums for her show. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. Double, Amazing. Double feature. Yeah. And you're on iTunes and Spotify, right? I am. Great. Sweet. So everyone go check out Danny Nash on iTunes and Spotify. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Please subscribe to our podcast. Yes. Also yes. subscribe to us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much, Danny. This Thank, you. Awesome. Thank you. Cheers.